took a, was a second to get started there. I don't know what's going on. Freaking exciting. But hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Empire One Six One Show, uh, season three, episode two, and we're opening up with Anthony Rizzo's current walk-up music and Rock the Casbah by The Clash. Um, Thank you for joining us. If you're joining us on our uh, Facebook live stream, if you're joining us on the YouTube uh, Pop Culture Pros page, or if you're joining us on our brand new Twitter handle, which we're streaming live to right now, so we finally got that going. Thanks and I uh, appreciate that. Or if you're finding us on the audio-only version, wherever you found us on you know, Apple iTunes, or if you found us on Spotify, whatever it is, we appreciate it. So, uh, with me as always is Lisa Garcia. Lisa, what is up? Hey, hey. thanks everybody for joining us today. Uh, I got to say, this is a very interesting song of Rizzo, so I want to know why he picked it. I'm going to have to look into that. Um, but yeah, everything's going all right. Trying to maintain uh, Easter weekend. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Eid, whatever you celebrate, folks. Thank you for joining us and tuning in. Um, and yeah, just excited that baseball has started again and, you know, we get to watch the Yankees. They've had a lot of games straight because of, uh, having to push opening day back. Uh, but yeah, let's just jump right in and start talking about it. Yeah. So, um, speaking of games that they've had to start off with, uh, well, yesterday was Jackie Robinson day all, all across baseball. So uh, some of the interesting touches that they've done is, well, yesterday was the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in, in Major League Baseball and, you know, doing some, some great stuff moving forward. Um, but they the, for the uniforms this year, because everyone usually wears number 42 throughout baseball because it is universally retired, the only number that is, even though some are also making the push for 21, to be retired as well for Roberto Clemente. Uh, well, I'll ask you about Lisa. What do you think about that? You think, uh, I, you think Are you in favor for this or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Roberto Clemente did so much for the sport of baseball. And not only that, he was such an amazing humanitarian. Um, and so many players. Uh, I remember hearing that Anthony Rizzo, he's got the patch. I think it's on his hat this year. Mm -hmm. All of the current players who recently won the Roberto Clemente award um wear his number on their hat now um if they're going to do things like that then absolutely i think that he should be considered um uh, retiring his number as well because he was such an influential player and players really respond to what the two of them represented for baseball um i think that would i think that would say a lot about you know major league baseball really trying to work on um uh being you know more diverse and inclusive as well so i would love to see that uh, in addition to Jackie Robinson's number. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know the, well, for the Yankees, we're going to have our 21 retired specifically, Paul O'Neill Day. Uh, it's actually on Angie's birthday yes, on, August, on August 21st. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, we're going to have that. But it would be cool if they went ahead and went with a, because I know they have like a Roberto Clemente Day, and I know the Pirates mm -hmm. last year wore their 21 and stuff like that it would be cool if like all the baseball got into it and you do the same thing kind of like you know for Jackie Robinson that'd be cool mm -hmm. um but what they did for yesterday though specifically is they had the Dodgers font you know and color Dodger blue on everyone's jerseys they didn't you know change anything else just that universally across baseball and gotta admit the Yankees uh uniform with that 42 looked pretty sharp I mean it was wasn't like didn't stood out like it was like neon green or something like that but 
it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I, I was digging. Even on the O's uniforms, who don't normally have blue in it, but look pretty sharp as well. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it stood out a little bit more. I think it was really cool to do that and really honor where you know where he came from, what he was representing when he played, mm-hmm. uh, and it just made it look a little uh, a little bit more special. So, yeah, I like that they did that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then also we were just we were talking before we had went on live um, mm-hmm. about we caught an interview with uh, the last two people to wear forty two in Major League Baseball. The last being Yankees Mariano Rivera. Um, mm-hmm. And it was Butch Husky of the of the Mets, and they were on uh, I think it was MLB Network when they were talking about that. And you uh, wanted to share what you heard. You got to hear from Mariano Rivera's uh, point of view because in that interview he disclosed something I really wasn't aware of. Yeah, actually, both of them surprised me with it. So they were talking to um, I think it was Harold Reynolds, and mm-hmm. he was asking them, you know, like what does the number mean to you? And both of them said that they didn't actually know who Jackie Robinson was um, when they were young. Butch Husky said that he didn't learn about it until I think I want to say he was in high school and one of his, he had to write a paper and one of his teach his teachers suggested you're a ball player why don't you write a paper about this guy Jackie Robinson and he's like well who's that so he ended up writing the paper and being really fascinated by Jackie Robinson and everything he represented and that's how he found out about him uh, and then Mariano said he didn't pick the number the number picked him and he didn't know who Jackie Robinson was until he was wearing the number and somebody was like, oh, my God, you have Jackie Robinson's number. And he was like, who's that? And then when he found out who it was, he felt like, a, you know, a little bit more pride in having that number as well. So it's just, you know, and those two guys, you know, like you said, they're the last two players who wore the number officially, which means that wasn't that long ago. So they didn't know who he was not that long ago, you no. know, it's just pretty remarkable because I think people our age and younger, like we definitely know who he was at growing up. We knew who that was and what he did. And now there's, you know, there's a movie about him and there's so many things that you can, you know, learn about him. So just fascinating to hear when, when somebody doesn't know that. And now it's like common knowledge everywhere. Yeah. Which I think is a big part of that has to do also with major league baseball in 1987. You know, they started this initiative with Jackie Robinson day and, I live right by the Jackie Robinson you know, Parkway over here in, in mm-hmm. Queens and in Brooklyn. So, I mean, that was renamed because it used to be the Interboro for those who don't live in New York. That's what it was called. Um, but, yeah, it's been the Jackie Robinson or the Jackie since, and that's kind of what you refer to it as. And I think a lot more people have become fully aware of what Jackie Robinson has done and what he stood for and everything, and it's it's awesome. I'm, it's mm-hmm. really cool to see that every year that, you know, he's honored in his fashion you know, across the game. and even bigger because i mean this is bigger than just major league baseball i mean this is just an entire you know thing so it's pretty cool i i like it um all right so we'll go ahead and roll on to one more topic before we get into our game so far for the season um and it's aaron judge's contract situation that's here so uh quickly bringing this up is i mean because it is the big story surrounding the yankees i mean and i think this is why judge wanted to get an extension done prior to opening day was because he didn't want this to happen. But I mean, doesn't mean you gotta, gotta like cave in and just give in, you know, to whatever contract was offered to you. Uh, but you know, they couldn't find, they couldn't reach an agreement by opening day. And Cashman did mention that he was going to release the numbers that they, you know, for their offer, which is a bit unusual, but I, my guess is this is a PR thing because, Yanks have been in, well, kind of like hit this offseason with like 
we found out also like they never made an actual offer to Freddie Freeman, even though they were rumored to be on it, or Carlos Correa. Like Cashman literally said, we never even made an offer, which is a little surprising because I thought that they were really in on Freeman, but we talked about it last time. I'm not upset about having Anthony Rizzo back because I do love Anthony Rizzo. So it's fine. I'll admit he's no Freddie Freeman, but still pretty <laughs> damn good. Um, yeah, but the details of the offer that were made was a seven-year deal at $213.5 million extension is what he was offered. That's pairing it with the arbitration case because they are going to arbitration where the Yankees are you know, offered $17 million. Judge sided with $21 million, so at some point it's going to be settled. He's going to get either one or the other. There's no like in-between there. Um, so you can kind of see where Judge's mind is at with that. Um, and Judge is actually turning 31 years old this week, so I think there's a lot of factors in play. I personally think the offer was a fair offer from the Yankees. I don't think they were shortchanging him. I think it was a solid offer. All things considered, one, his age. Two, Judge is my favorite player on the team, but he does have an injury history that mm -hmm. is there. And I think that they took that into consideration and his size as he ages. You know, that's what I'm saying. I really thought it was a fair offer, but they do understand that he is the face of the franchise. He's bringing in tons of everyone's by his jerseys, always one of the top selling ones. I mean, shit, they have a judge's chambers in right field. They've never done that for anyone ever. There was no like cheater section in the stands or like Moe's whatever in like, you know, the outfield or something like that. So it just shows what he means to the organization from like a promotional standpoint. Um, and all rise and everything like that. And that's all over t shirts. The guy's just like, just a marketing machine. Um, but he's just kind of thinking that at his age, this is his one major payday. You know, this is it. So I got to cash in. I got to kind of get it all. And I think by turning it down, he's betting on himself. He's like, uh, listen, I'm gonna, if I go out, I stay healthy. I have another MVP caliber season. I think the Yanks will have no choice but to, you know, pony up and really kind of give in to what he wants. Because the reports were out there that he's looking for nine years. So he wants this to be his last contract to take him to he's 40. Yeah. He can retire. He doesn't have to get into this stuff we've seen over the years with like Jorge Posada at the end of his uh, career. There was a lot of nasty stuff. Things got nasty with, with the Yankees at the end, but you know, it was resolved even with Jeter after his big contract, the last couple of deals, you know, the Yanks were playing hardball for lack of a better term with him, you know, as well. Uh, Mo was the only one. I don't remember that being like, you know, a thing about it. they even played hardball with Andy Pettit when he skipped mm -hmm. out to Houston for you know for a couple of years, which still bothers me to this day. I wish he was like you know a lifelong Yankee. Um, Lisa, so hearing all of this, seeing what it is, you know what Judge I actually I, mean, I don't think we've ever really discussed. It. Oh, all right, forget it. I know the answer to the question. I was gonna ask you who's your favorite player, but I know. All right, forget it. <laughs> Never mind with that. No, part. no, 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 no. Actually, no. Come on. Is it Justin, not? Is it not? He's, he's my favorite for a different reason. <laughs> yes, but either way, all factors in. <laughs> no, no, no. All, all factors in current Yankees. Yeah, it's probably going to be Aaron Judge for sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, first of all, like you said, he's the face of the franchise. He, um, uh, he's got the judges' chamber. He had a he had a Supreme Court justice come and sit in the judges' chamber. I mean, right. come on, you can't get much more famous than that. Like, um, and he also seemed, you know, you name Jeter, you name Mo, you named a couple other people. 
he seems like one of the most approachable Yankees, right? Like when I think of him and his personality, it makes me think more of like somebody like Tino Martinez or, you know, like just like friendlier and and outgoing and really does want to interact with the public more, you know, not like kind of standoffish and like too cool for things. Um, so I like that. I like that vibe about him. I think he's really hardworking and I'm never going to be mad at somebody who wants to bet on themselves. I feel like that says a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, whether that comes back and bites him or not after the year is over, we'll find out. However, I feel like that speaks a lot to kids um, who are playing baseball and softball now that are, you know, looking for mentors. And it's like, no, you have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, you can't rely on anybody else to do it, you know, as much as you. You know your own body. You know what you're capable of. Um, and now you have to show everybody, you know, what 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 that is exactly. So um, I think it's I, I think it's pretty bold in in a really positive way. Um, I think a lot of folks will be inspired by that. Um, I think a lot of players, and we talked about this a little bit last year. A lot of players get taken advantage of, and they actually don't get what they're worth. Um, I do agree with you. I think what the Yankees offered was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I. I think for all the ways that he shows up for them outside of just being their right fielder, like I, I think they need to listen to that. And I think they need to respect that a little bit more. Um, um, I'm going to throw in there that I, you know, he probably should be the captain of the Yankees too. Like they should, they should also name that. So if they're going to give him that contract, if they do, if they go ahead and and move forward and solidify that he's going to be with us uh, for the rest of his playing careers, they should make him the captain as well. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to go next with it, like thoughts on that, because they definitely – I mean, to me, he checks every box you would want in a captain mm -hmm. of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, and, again, not that baseball, you really need a captain of, you know, our team, because the Yankees have gone with it and without it over the years. But for the most part, it seems like guys do that, you know, th that's kind of the way it goes, you know, for, you know, whether it be Derek Jeter, Don Mattingly, even Willie Randolph, you know, and stuff like that. So, um yeah, and it, it seems like it just makes sense. And maybe when they reach that agreement, that'll also be the announcement that maybe he has been named captain of the team and just make it one whole big thing. Um, but, of course, there's been, like, Bleacher Report and other stuff. I ran with, like, oh, other destinations where he could land. And, of course, the Dodgers are on the list. And now that the Mets actually have, like, an ownership that's awake, they're, mm -hmm. like, oh, on that list. And, listen. I, my cousin called me yesterday. Um, my cousin Rob called me when he was on the way to uh, City Field for opening day, and he's like trying to bust chops, like, "Oh, you know, Aaron Judge is going to be, you know, over in City Field next year." And there's all this other stuff. I'm like, "Dude, you have a better chance at me being at City Field next year, DHing for you, than Aaron Judge is there." I'm like, "I don't see there's any way at all that he, the Yanks don't bring him back." I just think they listen. They'll they'll up the offer. It'll be there if he does what he says he's going to do. Um, or, you know, hopefully he doesn't have, doesn't go the other way and he's kind of like banged up throughout the year or maybe has a yeah. down year, then he's going to have to be in a situation where he's, he's got to hope that that offer is still out there. Because mm -hmm. if they pull it back, they just, then, then, then the ball's in air court and they're like, well, I don't know, you know, let, let, let's see what happens. It kind uh, of, reminds was, me, uh, it reminds me of what's that game show with, um, Howie Mandel? where they open a couple of cases and if they lose some money then the the banker upstairs like their offer gets lower uh i can't think of the name of the show anymore uh, oh man it's driving me nuts 
I feel like but it's like know, it's, it's in my tongue. It's right there. I feel uh, like I gotta look it up while we're talking. But yeah, that's like what, this kid can't let this go now. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's the kind of situation he's in. So he does have to. Um, he he does have to hope he has an, a pretty good year. Um, otherwise, that number is deal or no deal. That's deal or no deal. There you go. Um, yeah, because otherwise, that number is definitely going to drop for him. And and you know, I don't know if he'll be okay with it dropping um, lower than that. I think uh, he'll just take this offer in a heartbeat. He would run to get this offer. Yes. immediately. But I'm, but for the Yankees, listen, I'm sure they're hoping he stays healthy, puts up an MVP season. You know, leads them to the playoffs and hopefully a deep playoff run and a very deep playoff run, uh, mm-hmm. like the deepest playoff run you can possibly have. Put it that way, but, like um, all the way to the end with a win. Yeah, like all the way to the end, <laughs> like the type of playoff run where you have like a parade in the Canyon of Heroes. Yeah, that type of playoff run. I mean, I would like that too because it's that been be a fantastic. long time. <laughs> yes, it's been a little while, at least for for the Yankee for us Yankee for fans. us Yankee fans. It's been it's been yes. A while. Normal standards, um, we get it. But I do, I do want to comment on something though, in terms of um, like people who are capable of being leader. Like, so not, I'm not talking about somebody else being named captain, but just people who also show up in that way. There's been um, a lot of emphasis on how Anthony Rizzo and my friend Giancarlo, how they both show up as leaders on the team. Um, Anthony Rizzo, when um, I'm gonna say the guy's name wrong, Marinaccio. Yeah, no, you got it, you got it. When when Marin when was, um, you know, he faced a couple of batters and he got shook up. You saw Anthony Rizzo run over to him and he told him, "You got this. You deserve to be here." I mean, first of all, come on, that is just like, that's like the nicest thing to say. Like, you deserve to be here. Um, oh, they like know the guy. Like, probably could just call him like Ron or some nickname that they have in the clubhouse. Yeah, and, and I remember watching it last Saturday, which you know, whatever we'll get to, but he you can tell like it was all over his face. And, it, and remember, he's, this is a kid, yeah. I think sometimes we forget that, like, these kid guys are Jersey, kids, right? Like, he grew up a Yankees fan and everything. Yeah. Like, imagine this is the dream, and this yeah. is it, and it's against the Red Sox, and like the second game of the season, like, everything was there. And you're right, Rizzo showed and I walked to the mound and kind of give him a quick pep talk. You know, a little pat in the butt, and then let's go. And he settled down right after that. And yeah, the and he was amazing. Uh, yeah. And then during the rain delay the other day, they did a spotlight on Giancarlo, and they were saying that uh, he is a very quiet guy, that you would think that, like, you know, the way he looks and the way people assume about him, that he would be, like, this loud, boisterous, cocky guy. And he's not like that at all. He's very quiet, very determined. Uh, he's become, like, one of the... the um, quieter leaders on the team a lot of guys go up to him and the way he studies the game they say is like ridiculous um they say say he studies every aspect of the game he tries to improve on himself all the time he wants to be out there and I want him out there in the outfield more than he is um so yeah I just really appreciate that they're highlighting you know a bunch of people because I feel like um that's that's always been the case but then some people get overlooked right so I actually thought Jorge Posada was an amazing leader on the Yankees, and he's uh, my favorite Yan- one of my favorite Yankees of all time. Um, I thought he was a, a really great leader, but he was overshadowed sometimes by Derek Jeter and how he showed up. Um, so it's just nice to hear that, like, you know, there's a lot of guys. Brett Gardner was like that for the guys, too. Mm-hmm. Miss you, Brett. Um, 
So we'll see how all of that plays out this year too, because there are a lot of uh, younger guys, newer guys on the team now, guys mm -hmm. that are adjusting to what it means, you know, play in New York. It is not easy to play here as we've learned throughout history. Um, so you do need guys that are able to handle the spotlight, show up, uh, you know, be solid and, and help the rest of the team get past certain, you know, like head games that they, that they have to go through. Well, they say too, like Cameron Mabin, uh, you know, and, um, and the yes booth now, and he's uh, been saying a, lot, a couple of times this year has been the pinstripes are heavy. They, you know, meaning that like, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it and it, there's yeah. a whole nother meaning to it. Um, and that that's you're right some people well fold under the pressure and then they go elsewhere and then you succeed because there is a lot that goes with you know putting on the yankee uniform and and you know, there's an expectation you know that's there so it's not for everybody it's Definitely. that's for sure um all right so let's get into the, to the games of the week or games of the season so far because this is pretty much every game of the season so um opening day last friday which by the way Kudos to the Yankees for doing the right thing and calling this damn thing because it was supposed to be Thursday. The forecast looked awful. They called it at like 8 o'clock in the morning. I was getting on the bus, like heading to work, and then boom, comes up on my feed. The Yanks already went ahead and postponed it to Friday. I was able to pull back the PTO day to Thursday and not waste two days on this, and one of them would have been for no reason. So kudos to them, and I'm sure a lot of other people were able to make arrangements to make the game, so that was cool. Uh, and Friday was like gorgeous, too. It was oh like a God, perfect day to have opening day. Lisa, I'm at an opening day. I told Angie this. Um, I was at an opening day, not bundled up with a winter hat on or <laughs> with a coat. All right? I was just in my judge jersey and hoodie, regular hat, beyond excited. That's all I can ask for on opening day. Seriously. Like, there's been other years where this. Yeah. Gloves and hand warmers and I've definitely, like a been game. To, I've definitely been to opening games where I was downing hot chocolate the whole game. Oh, of course. There's like you know, beer? No, I know. I'm not I'll give me the hot chocolate, you know, like and let's just have like <laughs> five of them, you know, just to try to stay warm. But this was I couldn't ask for anything more. This is it was beautiful. Um yeah, was. and game not not too bad itself, pretty exciting, wild game. Uh ended up uh, Yanks went ahead and walked off the uh Boston Red Sox, six to five in extra innings. Uh walk off. By Josh Donaldson in his first game as a Yankee, no better way to you know introduce yourself and get your name on the board with the fans. That was pretty awesome to see. Um, stuff not great to see was Garrett Cole. I yeah, mean, it's pretty it's tough. Kinda, yeah, no decision. Uh, listen, I'm not going to get on him about only going four innings, uh, four hits, three earned runs, and a walk and three strikeouts. Um, these pitchers are not stretched out. There was a, that's the one thing that we're getting from the abbreviated spring training is that these guys are still building up. So I think for the whole month of April, it's kind of where we're going to get guys are not going to go hundred pitches, 110 pitches. Go ahead. Yes. And he's a, no, I'm getting to it. I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting to, I'm getting to, Oh, I'm, I was definitely ending there with it because <laughs> the one thing that I, listen, I like Eric Cole. I am a bit, concerned with the whole lack of spider tag thing because things have not been the same consistently but we'll see what happens but to have the nerve to bitch about billy crystal throwing out the first pitch taking too long dude stop i mean on, it's stop. opening day bro like yeah. you know there's going to be fanfare the military somebody yeah. singing the national anthem somebody singing something else like it was going to be a big deal you knew the game was not going to start on time 
and you're sitting there at the top step screaming at the yeah. arms like this. Come, calm down. Yeah, calm down. I, I at least I'm a hundred percent with you. Like once I saw that, like when I got home that night and I and I saw that on the news and everything, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, stop. You like cut the crap. This is not why you gave up a bomb to Devers. That's not no. why any of that happened. It's a four minute delay, dude. Like Honestly, just get over yourself a little bit. I get pictures are are creatures of habit and everything, and they do get weird. Not gonna lie, but that's absurd. So cut cut the crap. Um, but Michael King got the win in relief, going uh you know two innings and one hit and one walk and three strikeouts. Uh, more on Michael King later on in the week because mm-hmm. that you know we talked about it here. I, I have a little extra love for Michael King. We got to see him in Double A when I went to go see the Bat Dogs and Trenton Thunder a couple of years ago. So, uh, John, Josh Donaldson was two for six, which we had mentioned, gave one a walk-off RBI in the 11th inning. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was one for three with a home run and two RBIs. Aaron Judge, two for five with a double. But a troubling trend this year, which we'll be bringing up quite a bit, is the Yankees' offense was one for eight with runners in scoring position. Yeah. So, only score – I mean, obviously, the Donaldson hit was a single with their runner in scoring position. That was the only hit, though. Like, everything else is predicated on the home run. Really tough to consistently win ball games like that when that's all you're banking on, uh, even if you are the Bronx Bombers. Mm-hmm. I not, agree. Not, with that. not really the way to roll. Um, and then in game two, Yanks went ahead and clinched the series last Saturday in a game that we had mentioned, uh, you know, four to two again. So that was actually awesome to see. Lou Severino, another trend, no decision, three innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, and five strikeouts. So not performing terribly, but pitchers not being stretched out. They're going to get limited to 60-something pitches, 70 pitches. But he um, he should be ready by his next start. Uh, Lucas Lickie picked up the win uh, his first of the season, going in an inning and, uh, with one walk and two Ks. And Araldus Chapman, more on him later, uh, picked up his first save of the season with one inning pitch and a strikeout. And Anthony Rizzo, my boy again, Second homer of the year, two RBIs, and Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run, driving in two runs as well. Um, yeah, you had mentioned uh, Ron uh, Mar- Maria- Maria- Mariachi? 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 Marinaccio. Marinaccio, who's probably going to be nicknamed Mariachi throughout the season, just like you have Johnny Lasagna. <laughs> so just start mentioning that crap. Uh, no, he made his major league debut, and you had mentioned Anthony Rizzo went ahead. Besides hitting a home run, also calm a kid down, and got him under control. And, and he was came into a big spot for your major league debut. But kid looks pretty good so far. I mean, their whole Yankees bullpen, you know, outside of one guy being a little shaky, has been <laughs> you know has been lights out. This I mean, this season we're not going to highlight them too much in here, but like. They've been great. They've been a strength of the team, which they've been for most of the uh, last couple of seasons. Um, Yeah. Um, So before we move on to the next game, I just want to mention that with Stanton's home run in the bottom of the sixth, uh, that gave him a six-game home run hitting streak against the the Red Sox uh, Mm -hmm. going back to last year. Um, Prior to that, Mickey Mantle was the only other Yankee to homer in five straight games versus Boston. When you are being compared to Mickey Mantle, that says a lot. You've done something pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. And kind of noticed fans at the stadium finally got off Stanton's back, it seems like, you know, for a little bit. Because now Joey Gallo is the new guy for the fans to start riding. And I can't say he doesn't deserve it. I mean, he's has not been great for the Yankees so far since they traded from last season. 
Hopefully he gets things turned around, though. Um, all right, and then they draw uh, Sunday Night Baseball, which um, did you catch this game? I was at this game, but did you did you get did you watch this game? Uh, game three of theirs. Yeah, uh, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Did you have a chance to catch this one? Yes, I did. Because I want to um, know, I want to see if you which which broadcast you watched it on. Oh, you know which one I watched. There was no way in That's hell. what I was getting for. That's I what I was, was going watching, for. I was not watching A-Rod and, what, A-Rod and K, whatever it was the called. K- no. The K-Rod cast. No, there's no way I will ever, ever, ever. I would rather listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman than to listen to that. Uh, although I do want to say, I wish I did tune in for when Michael K mentioned that Jennifer Lopez got engaged. <laughs> I heard some weird stuff was going on on this broadcast. Oh Jerry, Jerry, was, Jerry was telling me about some of it, and I don't know. He enjoyed it, but I think he also has a man crush on A-Rod. But, you know, that's a whole oh, other story. Come on, Jerry. Time. Go on. Um, um, I mean, they did highlight it a couple of times during the other broadcast. They, they would show, like, in, like, a picture-in-picture uh, the two of them, I know they showed when they were when they were talking to David Ortiz, and I forgot who the other person was that they were talking to at one point. That they Roger had, Clemens also. Roger Clemens, so, yes, that's yeah. who it was. Um, but you couldn't hear it; you just saw them talking to them. So okay. Um, but when I heard after that, Michael Keg was like, "Yeah," and you know, people falling in love, people getting engaged. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Mm. <laughs> all right, so all right, listen. The next time there's the K Rod cast. And I'm not at the Sunday night game. I am going to watch it just so I can talk about it here. That's why I'm going to, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I can't imagine, or whatever. We're used to listening to K, but like, that's fine. Um, It's the A-Rod portion. We'll see. A-Rod portion. The guy knows the game. I'm not going to act like he does, but he's just so awkward. And now if you're telling him to like discuss more and just to like be himself which is the big knock with him that there is no himself he's just whatever trying to please whoever he's talking to at the time um i don't know whatever um but as far as the game goes i know you know it was i you know it was, it was a great game yanks went ahead and had a chance plenty of chances to go ahead this is a game they should have won and it goes back to them being three for 11 with runners in scoring position i mean they're if they would just be average with runners in scoring position, they would probably have won majority of the games they've played so far. Granted, it's been also a tough schedule at the start, and we'll we'll talk more later. But uh, Jordan Montgomery got his first start of the season, besides taking a you know a shot off the, his leg, and that was a scare that we had gotten yeah. earlier, which actually happened to me pitching softball that morning too. I got hit on the ankle, and I just turned to Angie. I'm like, that shit happened to me this morning, but that baseball is a hell of a lot harder. <laughs> so. Um, Three, I don't know, he goes three in the third, four hits, three earned runs, and a walk, four Ks. Anthony Rizzo, two RBIs, one for three again, and Giancarlo Stanton, three for five. Three for uh, five. RBI. No, best, best game of the year. Uh, yes. Judge, two for five, and I mentioned the Yankees' offense was three for 11 with runs in scoring position. So when you're doing that, that means you're getting guys on, just not knocking them in. you gotta got to do that consistently because, unfortunately, it seems like they're picking up where they left off with last year. And can't do that. This team, this lineup is better than that. So can't just be like the all or nothing stuff, which they kind of got the next night when they welcomed the Blue Jays in for a four game set. Uh, they dropped the opener three to nothing. Alex Manoa just, 
he has their number. He has always pitched well yeah. against the Yankees. Uh, I was actually at his major league debut last year as part of a doubleheader, and his whole family was there and stuff like that because, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what happens, and this kid is filthy. I mean, he's really, really good. Uh, but Jamison Tyone got his first start of the season. Going five innings, that's fine. Five hits, scattered, two run runs and six strikeouts. So Tyone looking good, and he'll get his second start of the season tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Joey Gallo was two for three. So he actually had two hits in the same game. So that is amazing. <laughs> uh, but in this, the Yanks offense 0 for 4 runners in scoring position, which also tells you they didn't have many chances to actually yeah. score. So they were just completely shut down. And George Springer. Well, and George Springer, just to be fair to the uh, yes. uh, to the Blue Jays, rather, George Springer was the reason for all of the Blue Jays' runs. So. He had a two-run home run to left field in the third, and in the seventh, he had an RBI double. Yeah, um, and fans are riding him the whole series. I mean, that's never going to end. I mean, I actually yeah. have my anti-Astro shirt on today <laughs> as this. That's never going to go away. Altuve yeah. and Springer are, and, and the Astros in general are always going to get that. So Absolutely. Um, and then the Yanks did bounce back the next night, shutting out, turning the tables and shutting out the Blue Jays 4-0. Uh, nasty Nestor Cortez got it, took the no decision, but four and a third, three hits, five Ks, no walks. Uh, home Clay Holmes to pick up the win in relief, uh, going the two, uh, hitting in two thirds with two strikeouts. Aaron Hicks, it's one for two with a homer and two RBIs and a walk. So, mm-hmm. good game for Hicks, who's kind of been in and out of the lineup. And I kind of, I'm, I agree with that. I'm cool with like sliding Judge over to center. And, you know, Hicks bouncing around a little bit. Um, uh, DJ LeMay, he was two for three with two runs scored. And John Carlos Stanton had an RBI. But the Yanks offense, one for nine, runners in score position. So uh, they went for nothing, though. But pitching kind of carrying away with that uh, to keep that going. Um, the Wednesday night game was pretty wild. They, you know, their bombers were out uh, edged by the Blue Jays, six to four. But... Yanks were down 3 nothing. came roaring back, you know, in uh, later in the game with Rizzo and Judge going back-to-back homers. Gleyber uh, Torres went ahead and got his first homer of the year. DJ LeMay, who drove in a big run to, to tie it, you know, going 2-4 with the RBI. Uh, but in the beginning, no, Eric the, Cole. I, the story of this game was Black Guerrero Jr. Oh, no, no. I'm, I was, I was going to get to that after the Cole thing because this is, that ties in. Garrett yeah. Cole going five and two-thirds, four hits, three earned runs, a walk and six Ks. First inning, though, Vlad Guerrero Jr., homers, which – That one what, was weird. Yeah, that – That one was really weird. Aaron Hicks caught the ball, and then in, like, the motion down, he hit the wall. Uh-huh. The ball popped out of his glove, hit the concrete only, did not hit the net whatsoever. And yeah. then you know bounced, and they called first. They called it a double, and then they looked at it again, and they called it a home run. By the way, I think it's very cool that the umpires can be like football referees now and talk to the crowd. Yeah, so they talk, they talk, they hit the mic, and then they start that, going into uh, Like, why have we not ever had that before? I think that that I think that's a great addition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a really suspect call. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. Well, they showed the net. In Monument Park, not budging. Didn't move at all. It so didn't, it, it I understand if it hit the, Yeah, I understand if it hit the net and bounced back because obviously that clears the wall and that's it. And the Yanks challenged it, rightfully so. And yeah. it still stood. 
So now my, my question is when you catch the ball, but it's forced out, like it was, there was no way Aaron Hicks was going to be able to hold that. I also mm-hmm. thought he broke his wrist because, you know, he's like Mr. Glass. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, he caught the ball and then it was like jarred out of his glove. So, what mm-hmm. happens with something like when it's. If the ball, if the ball clears the wall, no matter regardless. what, as long as it's not on a fly, I mean, it doesn't touch the ground, home run. Like, if you look at it, there's the, my favorite blooper of all time, which I think should be in every single blooper reel in the history okay. of moving forward. Yes, Jose can say go off the head. Come on, it doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. See though, see what I'm saying though. Like it went ahead, hit his head, went over, home run. Oh well, I mean it is what it is. As long as it reaches on a fly and doesn't hit the ground, technically that's considered a home run. So, but it was in his glove though. Like yeah. it was. I feel like if he didn't, you know, go like that against the wall, he it would have been an out. But the ball, the the glove hitting the the wall made the ball pop out. No, my best comparison is in for those out there who also watch football in the NFL, when you make the catch, you have to make the catch and complete it and, and come down with it. So if, if Hicks yeah. went ahead and caught the ball, landed his feet, and I don't know what the heck could have happened, <clears throat> maybe he bumps into a wall and then it shoots over, then that could have been, you know, something that would have been called otherwise, but for the fact that you know he's jumping in the air and then his wrist goes ahead and goes over, then that's considered you know a home run. But still hit the shit out of it. And the second the second home run he hit off a of Cole. Listen, that you're gonna yeah. turn a, a high nineties fastball on the hands or and turn it around after his hand after was bleeding and he got spiked that first base. from Hicks from Hicks. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Hicks and Guerrero up. and Cole just had this like whole thing going on that whole they night. Did. That was just weird. I remember texting you and be, and giving you the throw up emoji because they showed way like I first of all I don't even want to show it um because of other things that happened in New York City but like it was just like it, it looked really bad it looked really really bad yeah. and um it took a long time which like if I were the Yankees I would have been pissed about that because there was a little bit of a delay so he could get his hand fixed I couldn't believe he came back out couldn't believe he could feel the ball after that and that I could not believe that he hit a bomb right after. Yeah. Oh, we got a comment here jumping on here. Uh, Our buddy Raul. Raul, who is a Mets fan and supports the show, so appreciate that. Raul, uh, just got back from the Cyclones doubleheader. All right, cool. You know, know, I actually like going to Cyclones Stadium. Cyclones games are fun. It is. Uh, Yeah, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was an absolute beast that night because he ends up homering off of uh, Johnny Lozano later on in the game for his third homer of the game. He was four for four on a day, uh, and we'll touch more on that because in the next game, that's baseball. We got to have a that's baseball, Susan, uh, moment because. Um, And and with his home runs, uh, he has. 75 home runs in 350 games, which is the most in franchise history for the Blue Jays. Kid is just amazing. I mean, he's amazing. And his like, father I, was amazing. He's amazing. Yes, like, yes. Jesus. I can't imagine how proud his dad is that, like, you know, he's, you can't ask for more than your kid just being good at it. And let alone, like, he might be, end up being better than his dad, like, like, way yeah. phenomenally better. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like if you're a parent, like you cannot ask for more than like your kid being even better than you. So kind of like, kind of like in the NBA, you know, Del Curry, who played in the nineties, great shooter for the Hornets mostly. 
and then has Seth Curry, you know, and Steph Curry. Yep. He has two kids, and, you know, freaking Steph Curry pretty much changed the game. I know arguably the greatest shooter in NBA history now. And aren't got there, better. And aren't there three brothers in the NBA also whose father used to play? Uh, I'm not I, I'm not an NBA fan, but not I feel like off the top of my head. I feel like there were three brothers, or maybe one of them's in college and two of them are in the NBA, but he's yeah. likely gonna be in, I don't know. We'll figure that out. No, no, it's fine. But yeah, but I mean whole families, the Alou family, like there's a lot of families. Yeah. Look at the Melitas. They have three so. catchers. Mm-hmm. One yes, of them's still yes. going. Yes. The youngest being the best of them, actually. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's always incredible. Angie and I have talked about it a bunch of times. Where they're just amazed when we see that. Like it's just wow, just stunning yeah. to me. Um, but Yanks went ahead and got a, a series split in the four game set the next night, Thursday night. Uh, blank and the Blue Jays three to nothing after an hour and a half rain delay. Which I was at the game with um, with Jerry's cousin Danny, and mm-hmm. which we decided to go take a stroll through the Yankee Museum, and we went through the baseballs that are there. And we were just trying to find, like, bad Yankees. <laughs> Everyone's there just, like, getting the stars. We're like, no, we're going to find the most ridiculous Yankees here. And I took a bunch of pictures of them. And my most hated is Kevin Moss because just he's whatever. I, he's the only person I've ever booed. He's the only Yankee I ever booed. And I booed him at Old Timers Day. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I know I mentioned that previously on this show. I don't know what the hell point I did, but. I openly admitted that, that was the case, but whatever. It was it was actually a little fun game that we had. Um, but game got started and actually moved at a pretty solid pace. Um, mm-hmm. But story of this game is Luis Severino going five, picking up his first win of the season, going five innings, two hits, two walks with six Ks. Um, and earlier in the game, the offense where it came from. I mean, IKF going three for three with a double and two runs scored. Oh, and, he needed and, that. Yeah, and then uh, Trevino going two for three with two RBI singles with a stolen base. A stolen base. What? I was was loving it. I was absolutely loving this shit. Uh, Giancarlo Santa, oh, yeah, that guy drove in a run as well. Uh, But Yanks' offense on the night was two for ten with the runners in scoring position, but those two hits were by Trevino. Mm -hmm. You never would. Listen, him and IKM just owned that game. But Yanks up 3-0 in the top of the ninth inning. Chapman comes in for the save. We're like, all right, here we go. And by the way, we're here after an hour and a half frame delay. It's like super late. We're like, oh, man, just please go ahead. So and, and wait, before you go forward, if you don't know Ed, folks, Ed stays yes. the entire game, no matter how long it takes, no matter how hot, no matter how cold, no matter what time he has to get up in the morning, Ed will stay at a game until two o'clock in the morning if he has to. Uh-huh. So Ed was there till the very last, like drop a, of of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I always and you know this. I always stay for one rendition of New York, New York. You do. Like when they win, when they lose, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. That's it. Like I'm just going home. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard your song already. It's okay, fine. Yeah, um, no, it's funny you mentioned two o'clock in the morning because me and Danny were talking about that on Angie and I's first anniversary dating we were at the state we had tickets and i asked her i'm like want to go or not she's like yeah no we'll go so we had dinner in the steakhouse and then there was a rain delay against the orioles and it went on and the game didn't start until like 11 o'clock at night she didn't complain once 
That's how you knew. I I, I joke around. I was like, yeah, that's how I knew. We were going to be all right. Everything was going to be cool. (laughs) Um, But whatever. Besides that. uh, Yeah, now Chapman goes in and walks the bases loaded. And I was actually encouraged by Boone just saying, no, no, we're not doing this. We're not going to. Because I feel like in the past he would have let Chapman work out of this. And then he would have either gave up a grand slam or, mm-hmm. you know, walked in a, a run or something like that. No, he's like, listen, we're not we're not screwing around. And Michael King came in, goes ahead, strikes out George Springer, yep. which, you know, like they had the top of the order coming up, which is, mm-hmm. you know, there. And then he goes ahead and gets Pachette to go ahead and, and lines out to second base. And they go ahead and, and goes throws to uh, DJ goes ahead and turns around, throws it to first for a double play to end the game. I'm like, thank God. Because mm-hmm. there was no way, like how much of a bad mood I would have been furious if they would have had him blew that game, or it would have went into extra innings and would have had to see the Manfred Man again and all this other crap. Like it could have gone so wrong, but thankfully it really didn't. Happy way to do it, but I also feel like these first two series against the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, it, it was like a heavyweight fight going back yeah. and forth. Like each team, like shutting you know, Yanks get shut out, Blue Jays get shut out. Wacky game on Wednesday. Yanks go ahead and shut them out again. And they shut this lineup out uh, out twice. That yes. lineup is loaded. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, well, so, when we had our crossover show uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, like we were talking about the Blue Jays are, I mean, they're, you know. Uh, it's going to be a battle. It's they're labeled season. as the top team in AL East. Like, right, they look pretty good this year. They No, yep. they look damn good this year, I should say. Not pretty good. They look damn mm-hmm. good this year. So for us to split that series, we needed that. It would have been great if we won the series, but we needed to at the very least split it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm really glad that we won game four. And the, uh, the pitching's leading the way. I just feel like, though, Yanks taking two out of three against the Red Sox, who I think the Yanks will, you know, just on paper, they do look like a better team than the Red Sox mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Blue Jays being the favorite. I mean, that's who Vegas has as the favorite for, for this division. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that plays out because these seasons are not decided in Vegas before the season, so we'll see how that goes. Um, no, but I just thought this is how it's going to be. The AL East is the deepest division in baseball. It's going to be the toughest. You know, four out of the five teams are going to be – good or you know you know really good so that's how it is but then that'll tie into last night's game and the importance of that um yanks went ahead and and baltimore this weekend and they dropped the opener two to one and and in 10 innings to the orioles in a game where yanks had a lot of runners on early and against bad teams you got to jump on them early don't give them any hope put them away quick and they didn't they let them hang around and this is what happens. You go ahead and they, they come back and get you sooner or later. Um, but Jordan Montgomery got a second start of the season. Another no decision, but five innings, three hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. Did his job. Open mostly did their job. Um, John Carlos Stanton was three for five. Second three-hit game of the season, uh, driving in a run. Uh, Yanks offense, though, two for 11 with runs in scoring position. And early was when they had to strike. Uh, but Clark Schmidt goes ahead. You know, loads up the bases. He was getting the, the umpire last night was all over the place. Besides his whole like emphatic strike three call when he's like ah strike three or whatever, like it's just it drives me nuts because I I I like it and I don't like it because I'm more like the umpire is trying to be the show. Like no one's paying yeah. to watch you str- punch people out, dude. So cut, cut the crap. <laughs> but he was really inconsistent. It's just 
he was all over, but then Chapman comes in to face Cedric Mullins, actually struck him out and looked good. And I felt like he also struck – he also should have had a strike three call, and they should have been out of that. He ends up walking in a run. Boone gets ejected after the game because he went ballistic. Yeah, and, I saw that. And I just think that wasn't – it wasn't really about the ball four call. It was more about the entire night because he was yeah. barking at him the whole night, and they were just frustrated, plus he just lost to the Orioles. Um, but the yes telecast – was emphasizing the entire night of every AL East division winner for like the past five years and their record versus the Orioles. Yeah, because like we yeah, because like we talked about, it's gonna be listen against the Blue Jays and the Reds and the Rays and the Red Sox. They're gonna split a lot of series. They're gonna mm-hmm. beat the crap out of each other. It's who beats up on the Orioles the best is mm-hmm. probably who's gonna win the division. And you can't let <laughs> games like this slip away. You know, so and they typically usually they used to before the last couple of years beat up on the Orioles. Got to get back to that. Oh, they you used know. to destroy them. Yeah, you need to get back to that. Regardless of their insane left field, by the way, being four hundred feet out of nowhere, that's just weird. Like, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> Why? Because it's a band box or whatever. Your guys are hitting also. Stop. Like, I don't know. It's just it's really bizarre. Camden Yards is one of my favorite road ballparks though to go to. Gorgeous. It's so awesome. There's no need to make left field 400 feet out of nowhere. That's just, <laughs> no, nobody does that. So, whatever. Or that's the, you know, doing whatever the hell it is that you do. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much the bugaboo for the Yanks, though. They gotta start hitting with runners on score position because the pitching isn't gonna carry you forever. I mean, they're gonna also hit a bump. Gotta get it going, and I feel like they have the guys in the lineup to do so. So. Yeah, and I do feel like this is something that has plagued them for the last few years, where it's like they start the season off doing this. They they have runners in, uh, in scoring position. They can't get them in. Um, and then, you know, you you um, have some guys that, you know, you, you go back to basic baseball, right? So you have some guys starting to steal a little bit more after a while, after you see this for a little while. Um, you see guys laying down bunts and, and moving runners over, um, and, you know, doing, doing things a little bit more intentionally small ball. Um, Mm -hmm. and like you said, yeah, we're the Bronx Bombers, but we have to know how to, how to have situational baseball hitting as well. Like that's the key to winning, uh, some of these games that it's a close game. Uh, if you can't blow a team out, which of course you can't do that every game, then you have to be smart about what you're doing when you're up at bat. Um, you have to know where the ball has to go, and you have to execute that. So I really yeah. hope you figure that out sooner rather than later this year, um, and we'll see what happens with that because, uh, uh, you know, we always have great potential, but if we're going to rely on home runs, that's not going to do it. It can't literally just be exclusively the home runs, but Raul has a comment in here as well. Uh, Yang's pitching has been doing really good. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting has been inconsistent. Uh, you're right. Like we highlighted this whole episode, is the runners in scoring position is the problem. Yeah. And uh, no, you're definitely not off, Roel. You're 100% correct. That is ex- you're in tune with it. That's exactly what the issue is. And home runs are great, but it can't just exclusively be home runs. And that's why, like, with Thursday night's win over the Jays, I was, like, excited to see, like, runners in motion, backup catchers getting base hits, you know, <laughs> and stealing bases, which that was just wild. I still can't believe I saw that. That was, like, the most shocking <laughs> thing of the entire week. But – Good for him. Listen, he's in the lineup tonight, so hopefully, you know, maybe we see another sneaky, sneaky steal in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, so we'll go ahead and uh, highlight our 
hitter and pitchers of the week, as we typically do. So we'll go ahead and we'll start off with our to uh, top of the heap, which is our hitter of the week. And Lisa, you want to get us started off? What uh, hitter do you want to highlight for this week? Okay, so I had two people. Uh, I feel like you might have had both of them as well. And because I favor one more than the other and you favor the other, I'm going to pick mine <laughs> and let you pick yours if that's who it is that you pick. Uh -huh. um, so I am going to go with Giancarlo Stanton, of course. Um, he had two home runs. His average is 300. His OPS is 790. Seven RBIs. Um, two runs, nine hits, his on-base percentage was 290, and his slugging percentage is 500. Now, I could have easily picked somebody else. Maybe that was your choice. Who did you have, Ed? I'm with Big G as well. Oh, oh, oh. Nope. I'm with Big G as well. <laughs> Listen, and you're right. Rizzo, Rizzo would have been the only other mm -hmm. logical option. I can tell you one thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be Joey Gallo. <laughs> Definitely wasn't. <laughs> That's not Joey Gallo. Um. No, John Carlos Stanton's been really good this season. And, I mean, he was last season as well, and he's been one of their most clutch hitters on the team. So, yeah, he, and fans finally, you know, give, getting off his case and just embracing him finally. Good to see. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with uh, John Carlos Stanton with you on, on this one as well. Um, and our picture of the week is where we go with the King of the Hill. So, mm -hmm. obviously, both nods to uh, Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. Um, picture of the week, I'm going with Michael King. Michael King on opening day, coming out of the bullpen, saving the day there, and then saving what would have been an epic collapse on Thursday night and would have been a total disaster. I had mentioned earlier, I would have lost my mind after an hour and a half rain delay. I'm sure others would have as well, <laughs> not splitting a series. And also for Thursday night's game, right? The, the I, I forgot to mention the That's Baseball, Susan. Vladimir Guerrero, Wednesday, four for four, three homers, right? Thursday, 0 for four with a golden sombrero. The game is humbling, people. Mm -hmm. It's a humbling game. You, it can go day to day. And I actually think he had, he had a good night last night again. So just how it goes. Um, who was your pitcher of the week? So I had two here as well. But I think uh, just throughout this conversation, I'm leaning more towards I'm just going to give it to the bullpen. Okay, no, that, um, that's so, fair. Well, yeah, it was, it was, I was gonna say Sevi for bouncing back and, you know, in his second game doing a little bit better. But no, I think I have to give it to the bullpen. As you mentioned, uh, shortened spring training. So mm -hmm. our starters have not been able to get stretched out yet. Um, you know, a few people mentioned that it would probably take them a few games. We're seeing that. And the bullpen has come in and been able to do what they have to do. Um, and, and as they've done for, you know, the last few years, they've really been a very integral part of the team uh, when, when, especially when our hitters aren't hitting in the ways that we need them to. The bullpen keeps close games close. Uh, they shut teams down. They shut down Vlad Guerrero Jr. after having a monster game the day before. So, uh, yeah, kudos to the bullpen, uh, everybody in there for stepping up uh, and and doing what they have to do to make it so that we can win more games that uh, we might possibly, we could have possibly lost without a stronger bullpen. Yeah, no, it's been a strength of the team for a couple of years now. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, okay. So we'll go ahead and we'll turn it to, uh, as we usually do, uh, we'll preview the series that they're at least in the middle of right now against the Orioles and time to start picking up some W's 
on the Orioles. Uh, tonight's game does start at 7.05, and we'll be right for us. So it's kind of like an early pregame thing if you want to or watch us and then watch the pregame. So you get extended baseball, Yankees baseball talk before. <laughs> but we do have our lineup for tonight's game. So let's go ahead and uh, drop this off the screen. All right. So, uh, Lisa, you want to go ahead and read off the tonight's lineup? Sure, and I can also talk about the starting pitchers. Um, Absolutely. So we have Aaron Hicks starting off in center field. We have uh, All Rise, Aaron Judge in right field, batting second. Uh, third up, we have Ed's favorite, Anthony Rizzo. Then we have my favorite. Uh, unfortunately, he's DHing. I would rather see him out in the field, but at least he's DHing. We got John Carlos Stanton uh, as the cleanup. Then we have Josh Donaldson at third base. Uh, Joey Gallo still in the lineup <laughs> in That's left crazy. field. Let's hope he has a good game. Come on, Joey. <laughs> uh, then we have Glaber Torres playing second base. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa playing shortstop and uh, batting in the eight hole. And in, as catcher batting ninth, we have your new favorite, Trevino. So let's see how he. Let's see if he steals another base today and, and keeps you happy. Um, and then for our starting pitchers for both teams, we'll start with ours. We have Jamison Tyone. He's a right-hand pitcher. He is 0 for 1 so far, 3, 3.60 ERA, and six strikeouts on the year so far. And he will be playing against Tyler Wells, also a right-hand pitcher, 0 for 1, 21.6 ERA, uh, and two strikeouts for him. So let's hope we can make his ERA sound even more garbage after this game. Uh, and then uh, for game three, we have one of my favorites. And uh, Ed, by the way, your facial hair is starting to look like him a little bit. So Nasty Nestor Cortez will be pitching Oof. in game three. <laughs> All right. So that means uh, translation. I got to shave tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nasty Nestor is a left-hand pitcher. He has uh, uh, an 0-0 record so far, and he has a zero ERA with five strikeouts. And he is going up against Bruce Zimmerman, a left-hand pitcher. Same record, same ERA, and four strikeouts on his uh, record on his stats so far. So let's hope that Nestor can continue to give us at least a good solid five innings and see what we got going on there. Nice. Uh, and then also, Yanks go ahead and after they get an off day on Monday, and they finally, finally, actually yes. have an off day. But then they head to Detroit, and then they welcome in the Guardians. Back to the, when they come back to the stadium, which we'll be at next Sunday, yeah. Sunday afternoon, and so we'll see you guys next Sunday night after that. That'll so be that'll my be first game, so I'm excited. Yeah, fingers crossed for good weather for that. Oh my gosh! But these are teams the Yanks need to start need to beat up on, because again, emphasizing what we talked about, like you got to beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. You can't screw yeah. around with that and mess around. So, yeah, uh, there is that. So, yeah. uh. That will pretty much wrap it up for us this week. And there we go. As Frank Sinatra, how we like to wrap up our episodes because we feel like all our episodes are Yankees win. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. Again, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, if you like what you heard, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Empire161Show. Join us on Facebook at our Facebook group, the Empire161Show Facebook group. And check us out on Pop Culture Pros. Uh, if you join us on YouTube, 
Hit subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe to Pop Culture Pros, and you can check out our playlist, past episodes, and other cool stuff that Pop Culture Pros has. For an example, if you're like Raul and you go ahead and you actually are a fan of the New York Mets, you can go ahead and check out Farachi and Rodriguez and Keith at the Put It in the Book Show. Go check out both shows. Why not? Support everybody. Uh, if you're into comic books, you can go ahead and check out Granny's Peach Tea, which this week Jason and I will be watching the infamous Nicolas Cage starring Ghost Rider. So we'll be taking a look at that and the latest episodes of Moon Knight and all the CW shows. Uh, if you're into James Bond, then that's kind of your thing. Monday nights, you got Double O Deep Dive, which Jason and I will be joining them this week because I've been out for a few weeks. We'll be talking about another infamous film in Moonraker. Which is why they consider one of the worst Bond films ever made. So we'll see how that goes. Um, if you're into wrestling, go ahead and check out Tim and Eric on the uh, Just Too Sweet show. They're on Tuesday nights. If you're into Disney and want to hear more about Disney parks, got Skyliner Views on Thursday nights with Ashley and whoever her guest of the week it is. Check that out. Uh, if you're into anything, just in general, Eric and Tim, Friday nights, A to Z, they cover everything. From A to Z, literally anything you can think of. So go ahead and check them out. So uh, go ahead. All right. So go ahead and check out the games this week. Have a good uh, good time enjoying it. Hopefully, Yanks have a good week, and we'll be back next Sunday to talk about it. So uh, as always, stay safe out there. Be good to everybody, uh, and let's go Yankees. Yeah. Woo! Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace, little